Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. I don't know about you, but anybody want to win in life? Come on. I know there are some people that you're like, well, you know, I just don't know if I want to win. Uh, it's, not, it's not if you win or lose. It's how you play the game. Oh, no, it's if you win, too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 and here's the thing. I believe that God has given us principles in the Word that helps us win. Helps us win over our emotions, helps us win and make the right choices regardless of how we feel, helps us win. And so uh, I'm excited about today. Uh, I can't wait till next week because I'm going to get back on the the podium and share. But uh, we have been walking through this two-part series on how to win. And last week we had three of our church leaders, uh, people who lead life groups who have led for us, uh, communicate their from their perspective, what they had to win in and what they had to overcome. And the Bible teaches us that we overcome by the word of the testimony of what God has done. And I think that sometimes in church, there's a lot of preaching, but I I really do feel like the testimony component really helps everyone go to the next level because then it takes it out of just theology alone and it's like practice. Wow. Wow, if God can do it in your life, God can do it in my life, and then faith begins to rise. Does that make sense? And so today, uh, we've got three leaders, three leaders that have been leading here uh, for a little over a year and a half, almost two years, and um, they've led life groups, they've led, lead on our stage, they lead teams, they help us, and we wanted to t- give them, all of them are going to get 10 minutes, and they're going to share their perspective and point of view on winning. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun today. So, but here's what I'm asking you. While all of them are really good and great communicators, um, they're going to need a little help, okay? And so we don't want to be just the silent church that is secretly critical, that is trying to analyze everything that everybody says. And so if that's you, it's cool, but we probably know that you won't be happy anyway. Um, but, um, uh, But the truth of the matter is, come on, listen. Uh, And the reason I say that is because if we raise a church full of critics, then we won't have a church of transformation. And God has called us. Come on. Come on. If everyone has to be perfect before they lead, then we'll have no leaders and the church will not lead. But I feel like God heals us within the process. Does that make sense? And so I'm super excited about that. So y'all don't make them work too hard. Come on, y'all don't look, don't don't give them no stank face while they're up here. Okay, I'm asking you to smile every now and then. Just kind of when they look at you, just like... (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't make it too awkward. Uh, but our first communicator is Stephen Hill. He leads worship for us. He leads small group for us. And uh, I'm excited about you hearing some of his story on how he has begun to win in his life. Y'all give a big hand to Stephen Hill. 
Awesome, awesome. So I'm so excited to be here with you guys today uh, and get to talk about uh, winning in the process. And so uh, you may hear that and think, okay, what exactly does that mean? Um, as a believer, I think that God created us all with purpose. Uh, he has a plan and he has uh, a structure that he believes that our life is going to fall into and eventually get to that purpose. And so I know that when we hear purpose, um, that term could be like very overwhelming when you first hear it. You think about purpose like, okay, what does that even mean? Does it amount to this big moment that happens in our life? And after that, after we complete that, like we're fulfilled. Like we, we accomplished everything that we accomplished. God, I'm ready. Come give me now. I, I fulfill my purpose. But I believe purpose is something that happens throughout our life. Um, I think that it comes with maturity. I think that it comes with growth. And I think that it just takes time. And so because of that, I tend to think uh, when I say the process, I mean that our journey that we walk through getting to our destination. That makes sense? And so to kind of share a little bit more about that, um, I want to share uh, my, my story about moving here to Northwest Arkansas. Um, I'm a Louisiana boy, and so I'm not from around these parts. Um, I was born and raised in Louisiana, and my, my family is uh, there. All my friends are, like, from school or from there. And um, before I moved here, I was working in Longview, Texas, so I would drive from uh, Louisiana to Texas every morning. It was like a good hour drive, dealing with traffic, interstate, music blowing. I'm having a good time on the road. And so uh, that was my life. And I got there. I, I just started working there. I left another company. And I tell you what, it was great because I was making more money. Everybody like more money, amen? <laughs> All right. And I was I was working in the city that my girlfriend at the time, which is now my wife, she was living in that city. So I'm like, OK, it's a win win. More money, more bay time. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> and so um, I'm getting there and everything is going great. And uh, one day my managers walk in. They're like, hey, Stephen, how is everything going? I'm like, oh, it's all it's all good. Like, what's up? And they're like, OK, so um, as you know, this is a startup company. And I'm like, yeah, OK, cool. Um, and they're like, well, things are not like necessarily going um, as good as we would have hoped at this point of time. And I was like, okay, like, what do we need to do? Do I need to, like, do this campaign, social media, Facebook, Instagram? You know, I could, I could hook it up. And they're like, okay, well, um, actually, you can put that idea in your back pocket. Um, we kind of figured out everything that we can do, and we've realized that we just we can't afford your salary that we're paying you as a company. And I'm like, huh, okay. I'm like, what does that mean? And it's like, well, um, Got a couple options here for you. Uh, first one here is you can continue working here, uh, but you will become a part-time worker. And um, your salary won't be a salary. It's going to be hourly based pay. And it's going to be significantly less. I'm like, huh, all right. I don't think I like that. What's the other one? And like, so the other one is um, we basically kind of have to let you go. And I'm like, oh, all right. So it's like not a win-win for me at all. And so um, I go from having a job, everything is going good, building some traction in my life after college to starting over, basically. And so um, in that... I was like, I'm looking for work, and a couple weeks turned into a few months, and I haven't found anything yet. And so I'm starting to feel the pressure of not having a job. And so by this time, I had known Stephen and Katie for a couple years, and uh, Stephen periodically would call me and check in. And so um, he called me one day like, hey, man, how's everything going? And I'm like, man, you know, God is good. God is great. I don't got a job. <laughs> And he's like, wait, you don't have a job, man. If you don't work, you don't eat. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. I'm, I'm, work, I'm working on it. And so um, 
I'm like, I'm going through the motions there, and it seems like, man, you know what? You should come up here and come help out with Be The One and help out with this church for the month. And I was like, you know, I don't know, Stephen. That's like six hours away. I'm looking for a job. I don't know if that would be the wisest decision for me. But um, God worked some things out, and I was able to come up here. And I'll tell you what, it was a a life-changing season because I was in a dark place, and I was in a dark season. I think that was definitely, Stephen was intentional about it, but I think God used that to be able to change my perspective and shift some things in my head. And so um, I was up here. It was a great month. I left and went back home, and I was like, okay, I'm finna grind. I'm about to get this job. I'm about to get these ties out. I'm about to iron my pants, kill these interviews, and it's going to be awesome. And so I'm going to interview after interview, still can't get a job. I'm like, okay, God, what's going on? And so um, while I was up here, a few people were like, hey, man, you should just consider moving up here. I'm like, I don't know about that one. It's like six hours away from everything that's comfortable to me, my family, my girlfriend, my church. I'm not, I don't think I want to really leave like that. Um, but... Honestly, I was kind of out of options, and so I'm just going to try. And so I started applying up here to a couple of different places. I uh, didn't tell anyone because I didn't want no one to kind of sway my decision, but I just wanted to I want to God to be in it, basically. I wanted God to be in the situation. And so I applied to a couple of different places, and J.B. Hunt called me. And they're like, okay, we want to do a phone interview. I'm like, sweet, let's do it. And so I do the first interview, and they're like, okay, we don't think you're good for this position, but we think you might be good for this other position. So I have another phone interview the next day. Um, and they're like, okay, at the end of that interview, it's usually like around three weeks before we make a decision on this type of stuff. And so our people will be in contact with your people. I'm like, okay, cool, sweet. And so within an hour, they end up calling me back offering me the job. And I'm like, whoa, like what's going on? Like that that was definitely not three weeks. And so um the first thing, I mean you would think couple months without work, the first emotion or thought you would think I would have would be like excitement, happy, jumping on top of the roof, like just just ecstatic. But honestly if I'm just being real, it was fear. I was scared. And I'm like, okay, it's it's getting real. I got a job offer. I have some decisions to make. And so I instantly start going to people for advice. So pastors, leaders, friends, people who love me. And uh, the scripture I was basically relying on and leaning on in that time was Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And that says here, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek him, uh, seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. And so in the process of meditating on this scripture and connecting with people, seeking wise counsel, I realized that God was showing me something. He was showing me that I had an issue that was sensitive in my heart of trusting him and that I needed to work on that. And, and so it was, it was crazy because in that I was like, man, this is it's getting real. Like this is something that is difficult for me to think about and difficult for me to consider. And as I did that, I, I realized like, man, you know what? Like I don't want what I want for me. I don't want my life just to be good. Um, I realized that it could be difficult sometimes. And you may be in a situation where you may see something that's difficult and you may be like, I don't want, I don't want to do that because on the outside it looks hard. But even in those situations, I learned that God it could be hard, but he can make you walk through it easy. He can make your burden light. And so 
in the process of that, I was like, okay, I'm ready to make a move. And so I ended up moving up here, and I'm, I'm going to do, like, Instagram here because, you know, Instagram, you got to show off all your highlights. And so it was crazy. I moved up here, and it wasn't easy. It was, it was definitely hard, and even when I got up here, it was very hard for a season. But as I got up here, I moved up in October 2016. In December of 16, I got engaged to my wife, and then that May, I went down for a weekend. She graduated college. We got married the next day, and then we moved her all the way up here the next day after that, and we just celebrated our first year of marriage this past May. And... And that, I mean, that was in the, of itself. Like, I was like, man, God, you, you showing up, man. Like, I got a wife now, bro. And so, like, that happened. I got promoted at work, and I just been put in a great situation, and I've been growing and learning. And so it's been crazy stepping out on faith um, to see God really move. And so I have three points for you guys, um, basically, to show you how to win in the process here. So number one is trust God. My, my fear of the unknown in all of this could have stopped me from ever reaching any of this. I could have made a decision to stay where I was, not take a step, not take a move. Eventually, I would have found something to do. And ultimately, I don't think I would have been in the will of God. And that's exactly where you don't want to be. Um, so we have to get to the position where our faith in God um, it's not that the fear of the unknown won't be there because it is still there, but we have to let our faith in God overcome or be bigger than the fear of our unknowns. And so that's the first point there. Number two, consider him. Um, basically, God's ways are not our ways. The way that he thinks, the way that he operates, the way that he does things, we can't even, we're not on that level. We don't think like that. Um, oftentimes we compare and say, okay, God, you're a good God. You're a great God. You love us. You have a plan for us. And so we relate all those things to being safe. And we're saying God would never put us in a situation where I would be unsafe or to be uncomfortable. But I'm here to tell you, God often calls us to situations that get us directly out of our comfort zone. Because he knows that when we are in those comfort zones, that's when we choose to be dormant and we don't grow there. We don't produce fruit there. And so number two is considering him. Number three is don't be afraid to move. Um, I say this in... I think in every one of our lives, if you haven't faced it yet, you will find yourself in a situation one day where you have an opportunity to, to make, you, well, you have a decision, basically. And you have to say, okay, I'm going to trust you in this moment, God. I'm going to give this situation over to you, or I'm going to try to do this on my own and do it my way. And so I encourage you guys, in those moments, lean in, trust in God. It's, it, he puts it simple there. It's a promise. Trust him with my whole heart. Don't consider, well, consider him in all your ways. Don't lean on your own understanding, and he will make your path straight. And so I hope that blesses you guys. I hope you enjoyed it, and thank y'all. The, the truth is, for all of us as believers, um, we all have certain excuses. I don't want to go to life group because I just don't know about people. I've been hurt before. I've been all, I don't know if I want to, to, to really be involved in church because I don't know if what I think about organized religion. I, I don't want to do this because of the, and there's all, come on, is this good? There's all of these things that begin to hold us up. And what happens is we begin to live isolated and here's the thing, if the, devil, if, the, if the devil can isolate you, he can eventually beat you. Yeah. 
If Jesus, who had the fullness of the Holy Spirit, did not live isolated, just look, he never isolated anybody. In fact, he made Adam and didn't isolate Adam and had Eve. And there was always this idea of community around. And so what I'm asking you today through Stephen's story is this. Find God in your process. Sometimes there are hard days, but that does not mean that he has left you. It does not mean that he has forsaken you. And here's the deal. I believe that there is always a next step for us in our faith. Y'all give Stephen Hill a big hand. The next one coming, our next communicator is someone that has helped our team just go to another level in uh, our leadership. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited that you get to hear from her. She's led life groups. She's even, uh, we, we meet regularly, and she just helps my leadership go to another level. Uh, she's had um, uh, very, uh, she's a gift in leadership. She worked in the corporate section, sector, and really just helped businesses go to another level. And I feel like she's going to help you win in her topic that she's going to be sharing. Y'all give a big hand to Susan Billick. Thank you, Stephen. And uh, I'm humbled to be here and stand before you today. And my prayer for each of you is that the Lord would speak something to your heart uh, and that he would encourage you. So I've been on a 30-year uh, time with the Lord, and uh, I've learned a lot about giving. And uh, that's what I'm going to speak to you today, is how to win in giving. So where to start? I, I went to Webster to see what he had to say about what does giving mean. And giving is to present voluntarily and without expecting compensation, to place into someone's care. That is to give something without expecting anything back. That's to give something, and whatever you give, you no longer have. So there's many ways you can give and be generous. The first way is you could give of your time, you could give of your treasure, and you can give of your talents. So today, being that we have a short amount of time, and I'm down to, ooh, 8.57, uh, I think I'm going to stick with the treasures today. So I'm going to talk to you about how to win in giving of your treasures. So I'm going to start with a story. And I was radically saved. And when I became saved, I wanted to do everything that God had for me. So I learned about tithing. And I had just graduated from college. I had a good job. I was making good money. And I saw about tithing. I said, I'm going to do that. I came from a denominational church where we gave. Uh, we passed around a plate. And we didn't give a tithe. We just gave something. So I just learned that as I was going. And I was young. So then I was giving and I was tithing. And I was doing well. So I started getting a little bit of a cash reserve. So I felt really comfortable. Here I am. Everything's going along well. And then I felt on my heart to change my career. And I was changing and going to a new direction, and I had to start all the way at the beginning, and I was going to make very little money. So I went from making a lot of money where I had money I could put back to a place where I really didn't even have enough to live any longer. So I was like, oh, this is good. I have a cash reserve. But of course, I'm trusting God, so I'm going to continue to go. I'm going to continue to give. And if I'm short at the end of the month, I have that cash reserve. I'm going to be able to go into there, and I'll be able to make up the difference. And, of course, in my own mind, I was saying, yes, I trusted God. 
So I'm going along and everything's fine. And then suddenly our church has a building fund drive. And I don't know if anybody's ever been in a church who's had a building fund drive, but that's a time where you have to start looking at your giving. So the pastor says, let's all pray. See what the Lord would say to you. What do you, what is the Lord saying for you to give? So I said, okay, I'll pray. So I prayed and I really felt like the Lord said to me, give everything. That was that account. And I was like, uh-oh. I got really scared because I thought I was trusting God, but I realized in that moment I was shaking. And I realized I wasn't really trusting God. I was trusting that account. Even though I said I was trusting God and I was doing the tithing, I had a safety net. And it was that account. And now suddenly I was put in a position that I did not have enough money. And I knew that I wasn't going to make it. And I couldn't cut my expenses anymore. I was already at the bare bones. So I really didn't know what to do. So I was very nervous. And suddenly, how the Holy Spirit does it, a scripture rose up in me. And it was Malachi 3, 8 through 10. So let's look at that. Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me? But you ask, how are you robbing me? In tithes and offerings. And this situation was an offering. Um, test, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not be room enough to store it. So suddenly when I saw this, that test me came to me and I saw, oh my gosh, I could test him. It didn't take faith on my part, so to speak. I could test them. I knew how to test people. So I said I could just test them. I, I was like, wow, suddenly the pressure was not on me. The pressure was on him and his word. The second thing that came to me was I really didn't know from my background whether you can take the Bible literally. So I was praying a lot, can I take the word literally and apply that to my life? Or are they just great stories and lessons that I learn? And I really didn't know. But all of a sudden I saw, wow, I can, this is perfect for that. I'll get to see. If he comes through, then I could take the Bible literally and apply it to my life. And the third thing was I was witnessing to my family. I was the first one that really had a personal relationship with Jesus. And I, they already thought I was a little crazy. And now if this didn't work out, I would be on the streets because I didn't have enough money to make it. And I really had no other choices to go. So to make a long story short, what happened and how the Lord really came through for me was within a month's time frame there in that job that I had, my, the owner of the company came to me and said, Susan, well, obviously I gave the money. I don't know if I told you I gave that money. And then uh, the owner of that company came to me and said, um, I, we really need this additional job to be done. Would you want to do this as your own little business? We're going to even pay you while you're doing it, and then you could take whatever money you get in from doing this, and that'll be additional for you. So it was amazing. Suddenly, I started getting more. Then the Lord was bringing people that were just seeing me on the street and giving me money. And it was really a season of about two years that was difficult, but a season where he was showing me his faithfulness 
in a position where my job really was not enough for me to have and for me to be able to have what I really wanted. So I've learned really three things during this season that I want to share with you today. And the first one is be grateful for what you have and know that he is really all you need. And I think that was the greatest revelation for myself, for me to go to the next season that I went in. When I saw, in fact, that it didn't matter how much money I had. It didn't matter where I was. All that mattered was I had him, and he was enough for me. The second thing that I learned was instant obedience. So when you hear his voice, do what he says. Because the truth is, is he knows so much more than I do. I used to worry over the details and wasn't sure what I should do, what or where I should go. But I knew that he knew the future. And as I listened to that still small voice, made time to be in that quiet place with him, that he would direct that. And the third thing I learned was to be generous, that you can't outgive God. Um, he is a God of abundance, and he really wants to be for you full in abundance. There is, he has a seed time and harvest economy, and that's really a whole other teaching, and that's in Genesis 8.22. But as we give, he gives back to us. That it's not our jobs. It's not what we do necessarily other than the giving aspect of it. And I started thinking about it, and I, I, have you ever heard of anybody who said that, you know, I really wish I didn't give? You know, I gave at that church, and it was the worst thing that ever happened. My family went down the tubes. We didn't have enough money. It took us years to recover. Never. In my 30 years, and I've been in financial ministry and, and, and budget coach, I've never heard anybody say to me that I gave, and it was a big mistake. So you can't outgive him because as you give to him, he is going to outdo whatever you had done. So our generosity really is a response to what he's done in our hearts, and it then becomes a testimony to other people, and that's what they see. So I want to end with giving an encouraging scripture for all of you, and it is 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each one of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. <laughs> they like it. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So God bless you guys, and may you get back abundantly as you give. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, you put, that up, you put her up to that. But no, really, we, we didn't. We all sat down and we talked about what is a testimony of God done in your life, and how have you won? And this was what uh, Susan wanted to talk about. And, and, and let me just tell you, Susan's not going to um, uh, toot her own horn, but she's given stuff away. She's given motorcycles away. She, this, this is not something that is just a, a good preaching material. She, she, she lives this. 
And here's what I'm telling you is that all of us here, it's so crazy when we can talk about freedom and everybody's like, amen, hallelujah, bring it. We can talk about um, delivering deliverance. We can talk about breaking things off of our life. We can talk about stepping into more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But once we start talking about money, come on, everybody like, (laughs) (laughs) we we get pruned faces. We start thinking, and why is that? Because the Bible teaches us that wherever our treasure is, that's where our heart is. And so it's a sign of connection. And so here's what I want you to know. All of us are working through how to deal with what God's given us. And, and, and as I have been living life and pastoring and watching, I think that we're all in five stages. And, and here's the goal for us as a church. There are some people in this room today who are struggling, struggling financially. And so there are people that are struggling to to manage their income and manage what God has given them and be fruitful in it. And I think that the first stage is struggling. The second one is surviving. You know what I mean? You're you're, you're surviving. There is enough. Come on. Struggling is, I got paid on Friday. It's gone on Saturday. We need a miracle on Sunday. You know what I mean? Surviving is, okay, we we have enough. We can eat out uh, once. Uh, Come on. Is that, we know where all the the Tuesday night kid-free food is. Come on, somebody. We're surviving. The, The next one is we're tithing. We're actually giving and we're seeing our needs met, and we're moving to a level of freedom with our finances. Yeah. The fourth is generous. We begin to be generous. And, and the fifth is extremely generous. And here's the thing. There are missions to be had. There are people to be reached. There are churches to be launched. And what we need to do is we need to grow our body where we move from struggling to extremely generous. Because here's what will happen is we will have a greater impact on the world and and it's a good thing. Come on, somebody, is this good? It's a good thing. Y'all give Susan a big hand. Last but not least is someone who helps up uh, just coordinate our weekend services. He's led small groups for us, life groups for us, and uh, we're so excited that he is going to share his how to win story with you guys. Are y'all enjoying this? Is this fun? Come on, this is good. This is good. And um, uh, William is uh, a next level leader. Um, I think that you guys are going to be blessed by his content. Y'all give William Cook a big hand. Good morning. So as he said, I'm William. This morning I'm going to be talking about winning in exile. So this morning I'm going to share some with you just about my own personal story. Um, I, exile is when, you know, like a group of people, they're taken out of their homeland and they're subjugated somewhere else. Maybe they're enslaved. But I really think we also can live in exile spiritually, physically, emotionally. We all have this idea of where we want to go in life. You know, as a kid, you have this idea of, you know, I want this career. I want to be this when I grow up. Or when you get saved and you become a Christian, you start to think, oh, I'm going to have this kind of an impact on the kingdom of God. I want to do this for the Lord. But then something can come along that derails you and suddenly you're in a ditch. 
You know, there was some type of sin that you struggled with. There was um, a death in the family that you didn't expect. Something that pushes you over here, and suddenly you're in exile. You're not having the impact you wanted. In my own life, um, I probably come across to you like I'm an extrovert, but actually I'm an introvert. I was a pretty awkward kid, a very awkward teenager, and I'm probably even more awkward today sometimes. <laughs> I was the type of person where I would walk into a large auditorium, see someone way on the other side of the auditorium that was laughing, and I knew they were laughing at me. <laughs> Some of you are still laughing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of who I was. Well, I, that began to feed this part of me where I began to isolate from people. And over time, I pulled back, and I began to deal with anxiety, and I had depression. And suddenly, in my 20s, I realized I was living in exile. I didn't have meaningful relationships. I was having no impact on the kingdom of God. I didn't have a career that I was moving for. I was just stuck in a ditch. This morning... The scripture that we're going to be looking at is Jeremiah 29, 11. Some of you have probably heard this before. It's encouraging. It's something we use at, at you know, graduations. Um, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. It's a great verse, right? It's a great verse, but we also take it out of context sometimes. There's a bigger picture here that really has a meaning. So Jeremiah was one of the prophets. Israel was always running away from God, and God, in his love for his people, kept sending these prophets to try to pull his people back to him in relationship. But when Jeremiah prophesied this, it had nothing to do with today or tomorrow or this year. He was talking about a time in the future when Israel was going to be sent into exile in Babylon. And then they were going to stay in exile for 70 years. And then after that, they were going to be released. And that's what Jeremiah was talking about, about an exile that they were going to live in, and then they would be free. So I want to read this verse in a little bit more context, okay? So we're going to read Jeremiah 29, 10 through 14. It says, this is what the Lord says, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. So I've got three points this morning about winning in exile. One is about what God calls us to do. The other two are about his promises to us. So number one, seek him. Notice here it says, seek him. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Not when you listen to Christian music on the way to work. Not when you give the man on the side of the road $5 and say, God bless you. It says, seek me with all of your heart. 
when you're like Israel, living in captivity, longing for your homeland, believing on that promise, and nothing else will do but what God has for you, and your heart finds that place where you seek him. When you do, point two is his first promise, you will find him. So in Fayetteville, there's this place called Modern Mission. It's an indoor laser tag arena, extravaganza. Um, it's a giant warehouse. It's two stories. There are all these buildings built inside of there, and so the teams kind of um, come at one another in there. Well, there's actually also a third story. So the last time I was there, me and Jonathan Porter, we got up to the third floor, and from here, you could you'd have full sight of the whole playing field below you. Well, someone from the other team would come around the corner and immediately pop, you could hit them from the top floor, and you just see their frustration. Like, where did I get hit from? So they go back to their base. They, you know, tag back in. They come out. There they are. I see them coming right around the corner. Pop! Immediately, <laughs> they're frustrated looking around. I have to be honest here and say, the more their frustration went up, the more my enjoyment went up. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, Okay. But I think sometimes that's what we feel like God is like. That God is on some third floor that we can't find. We're down here on some playing field. We're always trying to tag back into the game. And yet we're getting hit. We don't know where it's coming from. And that's not how God is at all. He doesn't stay on a third floor somewhere. He's coming down because he wants to be found. It says, seek him with all of your heart and you will find me. The third part here is he will bring you back. So for me and my story, you know, I told you I got into my 20s and I was very isolated. And I hit that place where I knew I had to seek God. So I began to pray and just ask him, God, I want you. I need you in my life. And I began to seek him with my heart. Do you know, over time, he began to work in my heart. Now, it still took action on my part. I told you I was still an awkward person, so I had to put myself out there. And can we just sidebar for just a moment? Small talk is so difficult sometimes. <laughs> I mean, do you ever get in these conversations with people, and the conversation is done, and you think, do I turn and walk away? Do I, do I pat you on the shoulder? I, difficult, okay? But I had to put myself out there. Well, the more that I did this... Over time, suddenly I start to realize, wow, I've got relationships in my life. My depression is going away. My anxiety is going down. And then one day I woke up and realized, you know what? I'm not in exile anymore. I'm winning. I'm making an impact on people. I've got a career. I have relationships in my life that matter. So my question to you is, where are you today? Where is your exile? Where did you believe you were going to be in your life? What was the impact you thought you were going to make for God? And now you're somewhere in a ditch. And you think, oh, God can't bring me back. I'm dealing with this sin. I've got this addiction. No, I, like this depression's too strong for me. The word here says, seek him with all of your heart. And you will find him. And he will bring you back. Pastor. Here's the thing. 
we've all been there. If we were going to be transparent, and I know that we don't know each other, and so that's really hard to do in a crowd. But if we were going to be transparent, we've all had moments of exile. We've all had moments where we felt like, you know what, he's so far away and I'm so far away and I'm so jacked up that I don't even know if he would. The good thing about God is this, is that he allows us, come on church, listen to this, to come where we're at. See, religion will say clean up before you come. But God says, I have what will clean you up. And it, not, it won't be your own doing, although there will be things that you will have to do. It will be my love poured out on you, and you will want to make the changes, not feel like you have to live under some law. The truth of the matter is, Maybe you had these expectations in church where you went to a church and they, they promised you all good days. And here's what I can tell you is that maybe you felt like the pastor or the preacher or the whoever, small group leader, overcommitted and underdelivered. Here's what I can promise you. Every day will not be good, but God will always be good. Here's what I can promise you. Here's what I can promise you. Is that while you may, it may be hard, I believe that God is always put, put positioning you to victory. Even though it may be eventually and not immediately, I believe that He's moving you toward healing. He's moving you toward freedom. He's moving you toward victory. He's moving you out of exile. He's moving you out. He's moving you into becoming a giver. He's moving you through a process. And you may be in a process right now of figuring out what your next move is. You may be in a process right now of figuring out what's going to happen with my kids. You know what? They're kind of turning away from the Lord. Well, you may be in a process where you feel like what's going on with my marriage. You may be in the middle of a process. But here's what I'm telling you. You can run away or you can begin to give in this area. You can begin to look at God and try to find Him and have Him come pull you out of exile or you can be defeated our hope for you is that you feel like hope is never gone thank you for listening to this week's podcast we would love to hear how this message ministered to you feel free to let us know on the connect tab of the house church app we hope you have a great week